0: Welcome to the Forward With Purpose podcast. Your hosts are Linda Keener Thomas from the National Memorial for the Unborn and Mindy Lefishore from An Even Place Virtual Abortion Healing Groups and Coaching for Pro-Life Ministry Workers. We understand the power of addressing the abortion wound, which then allows us to confidently stand in the gap for the next person. We also understand how lonely and heavy this work can be. This podcast is designed to connect you with other leaders doing this work to learn from the vast wealth of knowledge and experience that is out there. God has designed you for greater things. God has commissioned you to a precious and sacred place in abortion recovery ministry work. It is our hope you are encouraged and equipped as you move forward with purpose in your ministry. So I just want to start, Steve, with... um, if you just, I'm going to let you introduce yourself and give your own bio, just a little bit of backstory about how you got here, um, how Music for the Soul got started, maybe four or five minutes, but if when you do, please say your name first, because I still haven't introduced you officially, and that's how we'll get you introduced in the podcast.
1: Okay, great. Well, my name is Steve Seiler. I'm the director of Music for the Soul. Uh, I've been in music ever since I was a young person. Started writing songs when I was eight. Uh, That was always where uh, my lane was. Uh, Started doing it professionally as a signed staff writer in my 30s and wrote a lot of music for television at first because I lived in Los Angeles. And then wound up uh, getting, when we moved to Nashville, I wound up getting signed as a contemporary Christian music staff songwriter at Star Song and had about a 10 year, 12 year uh, career in, the, in that specific um, genre. And really was very, very fortunate. I moved to Nashville and in that first year I was there, I wrote 35 songs. And before the year was out, I, I'd had, uh, you know, it, it sounds strange to, to say it when you're talking about the Christian music industry, but I I'd had hit singles in yeah. that market. And continued to do so for, for several years. I had 45 top 10 singles and nine number ones and won a double award for song of the year and blah, blah, blah. It was all very, very great. Very wonderful. Um, but I had done uh, some uh, ministry work before moving to Nashville. I'd done a project called I Can't Talk About It, which was for sexual abuse survivors. Mm. And I had been invited to write the songs for that project by a gentleman who was producing a stage play. He reached out to me and said, I think this, this stage play needs to have songs. And I think you're the guy who's supposed to write them. Uh, and when I had that experience of seeing music used in a healing way, seeing that music could help people um, experience their trauma in a way that could open them up and move move their healing forward. It was like, oh, you mean you can do this with songs? <laughs> you know, so I was kind of hooked. Um And when I moved to Nashville, it felt a little bit like parallel to that, but not exactly the same thing. Uh, Clearly the Christian music industry seeks to create music that is hopeful and healing for people. But I was really more interested in going to the places where the culture didn't want to go, where people were afraid to talk about things honestly about the really difficult stuff. What I didn't realize was that God in his mercy, uh, was using that 10-year time in CCM for me to meet all these world-class singers and songwriters and musicians who would eventually become the Music for the Soul team because I worked with them on records th- through the industry. And when I finally decided to jump off the cliff and start Music for the Soul, uh, I looked around and I thought, wow, I know a lot of very talented people who can speak into this. So that that was a really, really big help and something that I didn't really plan for. Oh, God Um, just does
2: that, doesn't he? He just slides things up. We have no idea, could could not in any way anticipate. It's wonderful.
1: Yes. And I I wrote a book called Music for the Soul, Healing for the Heart about 10 or 12 years into the ministry. And when I went back to read it, I thought nobody's going to believe this because it all just sounds like a Hollywood movie. (laughs) How many times God has stepped in and goes, you know, oh, here's what he needs now. (laughs) You need to know this person. You need to have, you know, this situation. You know, it just has been amazing how many times that's happened through the years. And and when you do something as um, crazy (laughs) as this, uh, it really helps to have those affirmations. I have to tell you that because this is a really good example. uh, Our very first live performance was at the United States Capitol following the president. On a program, singing our song "Heroes Unsung" to ten thousand police officers. So yeah. you know, I literally did. I literally pinched myself that day and was like, <laughs> "Yeah, yeah, I'm not dreaming. I'm actually here. This right, actually happening." So oh. it's been, a, it's been a real joy. It's been a real ride, and um I, yeah, I, I just feel blessed to be able to to do work that matters and and have it be music, which of course is something that I love.
0: Yeah, that's beautiful. So I'm, I'm curious. You're writing these songs for um people who have lots of trauma in their life, mm-hmm. right? lots of emotional wounds and heartache. Yeah. Is that any part of your story at all? Any of that?
1: Well, everybody's broken in some right. way, right? Uh, I had a I had an experience very early on though that that speaks to this. We had done a project called Somebody's Daughter, A Journey to Freedom from Pornography. And when I met the uh, company, the director of the company that was going to do our first music video, he asked, well, when you were going through your problem with pornography, you know, how did you, and you know, whatever. And I said, well, well, that, that's never been a struggle for me. And he got furious. He was well, like, how really? dare you? How dare you presume to write for you know, about stuff that you haven't lived through? Wow. I said, I said, you know, if I had lived through everything we write about, I'd be jello on the floor. Right. I said, I do have my, my story and my issues. I said, but what we do, uh, and God gave me this answer in the moment because he was so upset and I, I really needed to, to help him understand. I said, when we do a project, it's like there is a closet with coats of pain on the hangers. Mm. And I take off that coat of pain and I put it on. And I wear it for a year or two or however long it takes. I interview people who've lived through the issue, people who counsel the issue. We read a ton. And then we take all that material and we go back to the people that have worked with this and say, is this it? And we got it right. Tell us where we're missing it. I said, and then we record the songs. So I don't want you to think, I don't want you to think, I just get an idea. I think I'll write a song about this horrible problem and just kind of go off the top of my head. It is not that at all.
0: You know, and Jesus,
2: that, yeah, yeah, Jesus didn't experience everything, right. and yet he feels it all with us. Yes. Yeah, I think he, it's a beautiful illustration that, that even people outside of, in our case, mm-hmm. having experienced abortion, can still identify and validate the pain, you know? Mm. I think that is so valuable.
1: Yeah. Well, and, and of course, when somebody's heart is broken— and they're willing to open up and share with you about it. That's sacred ground. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. That's a privilege. And so to, to be able to, to, to listen and be privileged to hear those stories and then try and craft them into songs that will communicate that to others who are walking that journey or have been through that pain, that's, I, I can't say enough about how grateful I am for the opportunity to be in that role.
0: It is a sacred space. It is for us. We say this all the time when we're taking the women through abortion recovery, because I mean, there's nobody, there's very few people that they're going to, they're going to trust that pain with that depth in their heart with, and, um, and for them to open up to you to help you so that you can help others is beautiful that that's the body of Christ working together.
1: Right. Right. That really is how it's supposed to work, right? (laughs) Yes,
0: yes. And again, I've said this before our sin does not qualify us, Christ qualifies us. Amen. Right. So, um, who you talked a little bit about, you have these artists and you have these connections with these people. Who are the people or who write you? Are you the one that writes all the songs or do you have a team? How does that work?
1: Uh, I write a lot of them. I do have a team. A lot of the writers that i worked with in my years in ccm uh actually several of them uh we became a prayer group that meets every week so there's a lot of shorthand there there's a lot of history there we complete each other's sentences we you know and 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 there's a similarity of heart and care about these issues and so uh i do call upon some writers over and over again on every project. And this one was no, uh, no different. I reach out to some writers uh, that I feel like would have a special interest in this. Either I know they've experienced this or love someone who has. So we actually had uh, 12 writers on this project. Um, And we also had uh, 20 therapeutic consultants, therapists who counsel on the issue. So we had a lot of input from both counselors and people who lived through the issue. And, and, uh, and, I think a couple of the songs that we got from what I would call outside writers, people who are not normally on the team, uh, were really striking. Another Mother's Day came from people who mm. were not on the team. And that when I heard that, I just took my breath away. So it's amazing. The songs always show up. We pray and the songs show up somehow.
0: That's so cool. That's neat. Because, you know, this is way outside of my understanding, so mm-hmm. far from my wheelhouse to even understand how to put a song together. You know, mm-hmm. I can barely recite a poem, much less think of one up in my head, you know, um, it's just not a part of who I am. So I, I appreciate your gift um, and your talent and the gift and talents of your team. Um, especially as someone who just can't do it, we all need each other, right? We do.
2: And I'm yeah, kind of surprised too that the singers. Um, you know, we we are so used to singers having their names out there, and and the fact that that they're not on the album, I thought was kind of neat because it takes the focus off of the singers themselves and puts it on the message. I thought that was powerful, and was kind of surprised they were willing to do that.
1: You just identified one of the most important things I think in this ministry because people will say, "Well, why don't you have celebrities?" Why Have famous people sing these songs. More people would hear them. That might be true. But Mm -hmm. my feeling is that with Music for the Soul, the listener is the artist. Mm -hmm. That's the way I'd like to think of it. it. You're hearing your story. Hopefully, if we've done our job, you're entering into your own story. And the singer's voice facilitates that, but their celebrity doesn't get in the way.
0: That's beautiful. I like that. That's really beautiful. So now you mentioned that when you go, when you go to write, um, you take on a project, you have a coat or a closet filled with um, these pain coats, these different, you know, topics that are just these pains. And then you come and you took them on, you, you put them on and then you talk to therapists. So you, that's part of your method. What, what other methods do you use to write these songs or go into more depth about that if you could for us?
1: Well, I feel like with all these issues, one of the things I identified early on was something I call the arc of healing. And one of the first things I learned is that people will not trust you with their hope, unless you demonstrate that you understand their pain. Mm. So we're always going to start with songs that are right in the middle of the pain. These songs are not trying to solve anything. They're simply saying, we, we see, you. we hear you. Um, a perfect example, and it of that. puts a,
2: it puts that pain into words that maybe they don't even have for their pain. It helps put words to it.
1: Yeah, I cannot tell you how many hundreds or maybe thousands of times people have said exactly that. You gave words to my pain. You said what I was feeling, but couldn't find a way to say. Right, we right. hear that a lot. That's and of course that's always very rewarding to hear. Uh, so, the 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 arc of healing basically is. Starting trapped in the problem or in the middle of the problem, and then to begin to identify the steps to come out of the problem along the journey. What are the key steps? And that's what I always ask therapists when you're counseling. What are the points we have to make sure we hit as we try and lead people along this path of healing with the ultimate goal being that they're free in Christ when it's all said and done, when we get to the last song? Or, you know, that there's you'll notice that the hope and forgiveness gets uh, more present as the record moves forward. You know, like staying upon my heart on, on 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 this project. It's like song four, I think. And and we begin to to offer the, the chance that there, there might be healing here somewhere. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not we're not saying, yay, there's hope. You're going to be it's going to be great. We're saying uh, it might. You know what? There might be some hope here somewhere. And then by the time we get to Hope Will Rise again, now we're proclaiming that that will be so. You know, so and then we're saying when we get to we forgive you, and I lay it down. We're getting to forgiveness. We're saying there is forgiveness, but at the beginning of the project, we know people are feeling like there is no hope, there is no forgiveness. I'm the filthiest person who ever lived, and there's no hope for me. You know, we know Mm -hmm. that's where people are starting, so we have to write the songs in a way that moves gently forward. So it's very
2: chronological, and very intentionally chronological. It's intentionally chronological.
1: And you have just identified one of the things that frustrates me so much about our streaming culture. There is no way for me to help people encounter these songs in the order that would serve them the mm. best. And there's not a darn thing I can do about it. Yeah. I can, I can yeah. preach context all day long, but, you know, I don't control the, the world's technology. Yeah. But I do I do try to encourage people to encounter our projects at our website the way they were intended with the songs in order
0: going in order. Yeah. And I I think the key word I heard there and both of you said it was intentional and um, mm. it's not just, I want to do this. Let's just write these songs and hope we hit it on the head somewhere, you know, and, but you just are very methodical and, um and prayerful, obviously you yes. got a prayer team going and you've got, I mean, yes. I just, I love what you're doing and I love the heart behind what you're doing.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. It is, you know, what you just identified, probably my biggest frustration is I get an idea for a project and I know that the need is yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> but then I take a year or two to, to write the stuff and then I have to raise the money to pay for the recording. And then we have to actually record it. And to do all of those things at an excellent level, it all takes time. We have mm-hmm. a new project on, on anxiety that we're just taking into the studio in this spring those songs are written last April. Wow! But it just takes time to pull all this stuff together. So, uh, yeah, the, you know, w- the intentionality slows us down, but I think it results in something that, when it's finally done, is is worth having. Yes,
2: and will minister to people for years and years and years to come. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes definitely. Yes. Steve, we're talking to primarily um, people that are in the the trenches of abortion recovery ministry. Mm -hmm. And um, tell us again the title of the particular one on abortion.
1: Mercy Great Enough.
2: Mercy Great Enough is the name of that particular album. And um, I know that I use... your life has made a difference. It's just my very, very favorite. I use that in every memorial service that I do. It's just tailor made because oh it talks about that life. You know, at that point in our in our studies, we are, are valuing that life. And I even love you know we light a candle and Mm -hmm. we have a flower and it just is so dovetailed to exactly what we do in our services so it is just um perfect for that um but tell us a little bit about the power of music because i have begun more and more in the past few years using music um almost in every one of my sessions and i have just seen people um like you said, the, the cantics put it into words, you know, that that music, there's a release there. How do you see that? and how, how have you seen that work out?
1: Oh, well, God has created in music a a powerful tool for us that I think has been undervalued and underutilized. So I'm so thrilled to hear that you're taking advantage of it. A um, couple things, just a, a brief science, uh, a moment of science for you, uh, the brain science. Um we process language primarily in the left hemisphere of our brain. We process melody primarily in the right hemisphere of our brain. Guess where the trauma is stored? <laughs> in the right hemisphere of our brain. So when I talk to you about your problem, I can hit this brick wall cuz I just don't want to hear it, right? I'm 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 resistant and the language is not getting through and not touching the heart of my pain. When I sing to you, guess what? There are cracks in that wall of defense and that melody is going through those cracks or underneath the door, whatever analogy you want, you know, like water and opening up, softening that heart and opening it up. And now I can lay that message of healing into that open heart because Mm -hmm. the resistance is less. Um, I have
2: seen it. I have seen it. It's, it's um, almost like it, it, a lot of what we do is try to get them from the head knowledge down to the emotions. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's what the music does. It mm-hmm. takes it down to that emotional level.
1: Right. We've all had that this experience, like when you're minding your own business and you hear a song and bam, you're crying. Mm-hmm. Right. Or or it's time traveled you back to when you were in high school, and that first mm-hmm. breakup or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, songs just do that right now. Yeah. And so uh, lots of therapists have told me that our songs accomplish in you know, hours or minutes, what it can sometimes take days, weeks, months, years to do. Uh, So they fast, fast track is is a phrase I hear a lot of therapists use in terms of getting people to open up. Um, The other thing about music is because it has melodies, a memory device, so is rhythm. So if I sing something to you, have a far better chance of remembering it. I actually read one statistic that people remember nine times more of what they hear in music than what they're Tall. Mm, that's
0: true. That. Well, and memorization comes from when we sing so- sing something versus saying it. A-B-C-D-E-S-G,
1: yes. A-B-C-D-E-S-G, right?
0: <laughs> so, I w- right. I would like for you to take a moment, if you would, because we are talking to abortion recovery leaders, as Linda mentioned, and I'd like to for you. Uh, you and I did this on the phone call, and it was really great. You walked through the songs in order, and you just kind of gave me a synopsis of what each of those songs we're addressing. Would you do that for us? And it would just help our listeners to know, okay, what the content might be and how it could be used.
1: Sure, thank you for the opportunity. Um, The first song is called Hidden Things and it deals with the secrecy and and the shame that comes with having this story and not not wanting anybody to know, not feeling like there's anybody you can trust to tell. Uh, So you wind up hiding from other people uh, which creates, obviously, trust issues and hiding from God, as mm-hmm. if you could, right? <laughs> but, but you feel like you need to. So it's just, uh, and I would say that that all of the songs do this, I think. Uh, I, I pray they do. And that's validate what people are feeling. So for that person who is hiding, who is keeping a secret, who does feel shame and feels like there's nobody they can tell, the minute they hear this song, what they're going to feel is, oh, I'm not the only one who feels this way, and the minute you get that not alone feeling, right away your little courage ball begins to get a little bigger. Well, maybe if they can talk mm-hmm. about it, maybe I can, right? Yeah. So that's hidden things. Uh, what now is the song that that validates the fact that the decision was difficult? It was probably a crisis moment. You know, you were responding out of a, out of a place of fear, perhaps, or people were telling you, this is what you need to do. You know, people you trusted were were weighing in with advice and you were kind of in a panic mode, perhaps. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's just, you know, so, you know, what now? Uh, That phrase comes from, okay, now I realize that this wasn't necessarily my only choice or or the best choice. So what do I do now with the fact that that's, that's what I did and this is my Mm -hmm. reality. So just addressing that Chaos of those feelings. Um, I, I talked a little bit about stain upon my heart. Uh, that's a song that I, I acknowledges, I think, through the through the imagery, the depression that you can be walking through the, the post traumatic stress, uh, and and feeling like I'm stained. I'm just forever dirty. There's no way to clean this. And and this song raises the possibility that maybe that stain can be washed away. Mm. It's just the, like I said, just the beginning of hope, not all the way to hope, but, but maybe. Um, Then the song, another mother's day, uh, you know, I have no idea what it must be like for someone who's made this decision as a, as a mom uh, to experience mother's day. I, I, I can't, you know, I obviously never walked in those shoes, but, but as I, as I, heard this song and this song was submitted to us, Mm -hmm. I thought, yeah, man, and every age is different. What, what would it have been like when she Mm -hmm. was a teenager? What would it have been like when she got married? What would it have been like if we were sitting around having coffee when she's 35 and a month, you know, all of that. And how painful that would be. I had a, I had somebody who counsels on this issue when she first heard this song say, I thought I was healed. You Know it's been 35 years and I heard this song and it just took me out. Mm. I had some, it, it had hits the
2: nail on the head, you know, mm-hmm. and it just really expresses what most of us feel.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. she said, I, I realized I had some healing left to do, some tears left to cry. So, uh, the next song, you know, men I think are often forgotten, especially culturally. Um, the song You'll Never Call Me Daddy, uh, is just an it, it's a song to help make it real for a man, help them be, begin to be able to grieve what they lost. And to just, again, that acknowledgement that, yeah, we would have, we would have thrown the ball together. We would have had, had memories and, and had time together. And I, that I lost that, you know, just, and so that you can begin to grieve that, that loss. And then I wasn't there is, uh, one of the counselors we work with is a man named Greg Hassick. In fact, he's the reason that the men were not ignored on this record. Because when I reached out to him to consult with, with us on the project, he said, I'll only do it on one condition. So, what's that? And he goes, You got to write songs for the guys. He goes, People always forget the guys. If and, I may
0: step in just real quick, I was just thinking after you talked about the last song, you know, of what well, was Four Men, if you did a whole track for Men, because men and abortion recovery is becoming a real need. Yes, yes.
1: What he said to me that I thought was just shocking, stunning, he said, because he also counsels men who've had pornography addiction, and we'd already done the Somebody's Daughter Project. That's how I met him. But uh, he said, Steve, when a man comes in to confess an abortion decision in his past to me, he said, they never look me in the eye. They Mm -hmm. always look at the floor. Mm -hmm. He said, there is more shame around this issue than there is around porn. And that hit me right between the eyes. So wow. this song this song is an acknowledgement and I had never thought of it this way. A perfect example, how if you haven't walked in the shoes, you would not have known this, but it's a double moral failure because he says, not only has the man failed the wife, he's also failed the child. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the wife or girlfriend or spouse, whatever. So it's this double failure mm. and just coming to grips with that and healing from that is very, very difficult. Mm. Uh, the next song is called Listen With Love. And I remember I got, I knew I was going to get this call when I wrote this song and we put it out because there's there's a lady I know who went to a Christian college and she just, she is so fiery about the issue of how unsafe the church is for all the difficult issues. And when she heard this, she said, listen, with love like even. hearty har, har, you've got to be kidding. And it's like, all I'm saying with this song is, hey, church, maybe we ought to do this. Mm -hmm. Maybe we ought to make the church a safe place for people to come and tell their stories. Which of these sins is God not big enough for? You know, we pretend like there are some issues that, oh, no, 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 now you've gone too far. It was okay when you were a gossip or a glutton, but oh if you've done this, you're you, you you're out of the club. And so for me, listen with love is is twofold. It's to get the church to do that because I mean what the church does on this issue largely is shout from opposite sides of the fence, right? Mm-hmm. So it's to get the church to listen better and it's to encourage people to not give up on the church. If they're going through this, they need to find the church that listens. Mm -hmm. They need to find that safe space. And maybe it may not be a church at first. It may be an individual or a support group, but they need to find a safe place because love listens. Mm -hmm. That's what love does. Love listens and sits with, right? And if you're getting a bunch of judgment, you're just in the wrong place. I mean, that's how I feel. Um. The next song, "Hope Will Rise Again," it, it kind of builds on that because it, it the first verse is a woman walking inside the church and feeling like everybody's judging her. Um, but the the idea behind this song is that hope is real and it will rise again, and we need to open up and step into the healing process. Have the courage to do that, and if we have the courage to do that, we will become free and whole mm-hmm. and find the other side. Hard, hard, hard to do it, mm-hmm. but, um, broken into beautiful. It was actually written by a woman who this is her personal story and just talks about how beauty can come even from this. Mm-hmm. And we've all heard the phrase beauty from ashes, which is the new Testament. Um, so that song is her testimony to that effect. um, the next song's called We Forgive You, and this is actually the song that was the genesis for the whole project, which is kind of interesting that it comes so late on the record. I was in um, Minneapolis. Uh, we were debuting a project on the life of David, and somebody told me, while you're there, you should meet with this lady named Maureen. She has a prayer ministry for people who've had an abortion. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really interesting, so I met with her and heard some of her stories And we forgive you was actually written after my time with her. Uh, You know, she talked about in people wanting to know that their child is in heaven and, you know, wanting to know that there's forgiveness for this. And, you know, I've actually had some um, people in, I guess I would call it this field uh, say, well, you know, you can't forgive yourself. Forgiveness is only from God. and, my response to that has always been jesus says love god and love your neighbor as yourself how can you love yourself if you cannot forgive yourself i feel like yes we need god's forgiveness we need to be redeemed and healed but i feel it like it starts by admitting that we have something that needs forgiveness and and being as loving and kind to ourselves as we would want to be to another. So, um, and then I lay it down, just continues the theme of forgiveness by extending it to whoever you were partner with when you became pregnant. Um, relationships are so damaged so often by that and can't recover and and bitterness and, and, and uh, hatred lingers. And so the idea that if you can forgive yourself and if you know God forgives you, that maybe you could also forgive the person that you were with when the abortion took place. And then we come to, to Linda's song, <laughs> Your Life Has Made a Difference. It just seemed to me that, that we needed a memorial moment on the record because yeah. to me it's so obvious that the life has made a difference. One of the ways I could relate to this was when my second child, when we were ch- pregnant with our second uh, child, it was son, we found out while we were pregnant, that he was going to be born with a disability. And, you know, we were obviously very concerned. And so we asked what he, what, if it was a boy or girl, and they told us, and, and we named him Henry. And then we called everybody we knew and said, would you please start praying for Henry? Mm-hmm. And I thought, this is no different. Th- this child was a pregnancy. This child was... Part of somebody's life and the per and the person whose life they were part of is still living. And so it's made a difference in her life. It's made a different in the difference in the man's life. I know from having talked with people in this in this field that there are some who say it makes a difference to about 40 people. Because mm-hmm. what about the grandparents who were going to be? And what mm-hmm. about the nieces and the nephews and the sisters and the brothers and so on and so on and so on. Mm-hmm. So this life has been, has touched so many people in profound, in profound ways. So to honor that, you know, this life had meaning, this life had purpose, this life was here. And uh, so anyway, that's, that's where we close.
0: Yeah. Well, I'd like to just have you um, speak into real quick for the, for the abortion recovery leaders how can how can they use like just we we talked about your life has made a difference in the memorial, but maybe some of these other songs in the groups, and then if you could speak to how these these songs could be used as we're trying to now communicate and reach the church at, with the need for abortion recovery healing.
1: Okay, those are two big questions. The first one, I would say, <laughs> uh, one of the, the gentleman that I referred to earlier, Greg uses yes. all of these songs in his practice regularly, and he did me the favor of actually writing out a uh, a paragraph on how to use and when to use and when not to use uh, mm-hmm. all twelve of the songs. so that's that's really great. and I'm happy to email that to anybody who would request it. My email is Steve at musicforthesoul dot org. so that I'm happy to make that available to folks. um I would say that. But just to kind of circle back, uh, one of the ways to use the songs is to break the ice when there's a topic that is just kind of too hard. You don't even know where to start. And you suspect that maybe if I played this song and asked the person how it made them feel, maybe we could get to get to the meat of the matter a little quicker. Or maybe just create an opening that's not going to come if we just sit here and talk. So I would say looking at songs as a way to open a discussion, to open a door, open a path is, is uh, one way to do it. Another way is to follow up. Remember, we talked about songs being memory devices. Okay, so you've talked about something and you've had a breakthrough and you're like, how am I going to get her to remember this? Oh, I know. Play her the song. Uh, another thing a lot of therapists do is they use songs for homework. Take this song home. I want you to listen to it every day and I want you to journal about what it makes you feel, what comes up for you as you listen. Um, so using the songs so people know they're not alone, using the songs to validate people, um, you know, just to help them open up and enter into their own story. I think speaking so on genre, a can... practical
2: level, if, if we are uh, assigning them to go home and listen to this, where can they access that?
1: All of our songs stream at the website, uh, and the lyrics are also there. So y- the songs are there individually and also at, as the Mercy Great Enough Project. So if you know the song's title, you can send them straight to the Stain Upon My Heart page. They can listen there as many times as they want. Uh, they can, uh, they can re- uh, read the lyrics. They can print the lyrics out. If they want to download the song, they can. Uh, so that's how to do it.
0: Okay. And then um, what about the church? How how can this yeah, be used as outreach? Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: uh, I would say, you know, like I alluded to earlier, um, if there's a song about it, you're not the only person that ever happened to. If there are songs about these issues, just maybe there are a lot of people out there going through this. And if churches are struggling to find a way to talk about it, maybe there's a way that you could say, hey, pastor, have you ever thought about the people in your con- congregation who are struggling with an abortion in their past? And we know the number is, w- what is it, like one-third of the congregation fits into that category, and nobody's talking about it? Well, Pastor, w- w- listen to this song or that song and think, how could you address this issue in a way that would give your church the tools they need to support the people within the body who are carrying this wound?
0: Yeah, okay. Well, that's Great. You know, Steve, I you guys are doing so much, and we didn't even touch on the fact that all the other topics. You have mentioned um, a topic on pornography. You're doing, you're getting ready to do one on anxiety. But uh, just real quick, I just want you to to just kind of list some of the other topics, just to give our listeners an idea.
1: Okay, I'll always forget some, but it's okay. <laughs> we did a project on suicide grief, another thing the church struggles mightily with. It's called chaos of the heart. Uh, that also comes with a discussion guide. We did a project on just the general topic of grieving and loss called Drink Deep. That's 14 songs about grieving. Uh, we have a project called "Whole in the Side of God, W-H-O-L-E, which is for families that are dealing uh, with raising a special needs child. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a project called Tell Me What You See. That's for people who are struggling, um, primarily women who are struggling with body image issues, eating disorder issues um let's see dignity our project for those who are caregiving for a loved one in the home which is like the fastest rising demographic in the country um most of these projects that i'm mentioning also do have uh discussion guides we have we have some some what i call multi-issue projects because sometimes we just can't raise enough money or have enough time to write a whole album about stuff and still feel like we need to write a song about it so that i I have a, a there's three three projects on the on the website one's called broken to bless uh one's called celebration table um one's called life of faith and the fourth one is called soft rain soft rain has a lot of uh, uh songs on it about uh, miscarriage stillbirth mm-hmm. and also about sexual abuse so mm-hmm. that's not all the name of, them. of that last one uh soft rain soft
2: rain okay I was going to ask you if you had some on sexual abuse because that so often does um, affect the ladies we're dealing with.
1: You know what? I will send uh, each of you. uh, We have 14 songs in our catalog that deal with that. And there's no one project yet where it's where they're all together. But I can send you the songs that therapists have told me that they use Hmm. for that. They're kind of they're kind of sprinkled all throughout those projects I just mentioned. Okay, okay, (laughs) that'd be great. I can help you. I can help you with that. Yeah. I can even send you like an index of all our catalog and what, and yeah. with a one sentence description of each song, so Ooh. that you can figure out if they fit for your your folks that you're counseling. That because be I, one thing I've realized, I can think a song is about this. Perfect example. Our very first project was for uh, people with breast cancer, and uh, so we had the song called More Beautiful, and I thought it was a song about healing from breast cancer. We released the project, and the very first call I got was from a woman who'd had throat surgery. I'm like, hmm. And she said, I heard More Beautiful. She goes, I live in Lancaster, California. It's almost 100 degrees here, but I was wearing turtlenecks to hide my scar. Mm. She said, I heard heard your song, More Beautiful, and I threw all my turtlenecks away. That's (laughs) sweet. (laughs) And I was like, wow, I didn't write a song about about, uh, throat surgery and i realized in that moment yes we're going to pray we're going to research we're going to do the best we can to be very specific in our content but we're going to ask god to bless us and grace us in such a way that he can take that song and take it wherever it needs to go because we have no idea where it needs to go right Amen. that's true (laughs) that that has been answered over and over again yes
0: and Steve, you know what, you guys are doing such a great work. So it's musicforthesoul.org. If you want to find out more, listen to the songs, read the lyrics, um, and see all the different topics um, and and um, that they are trying to address and, um, and doing such a wonderful job at it. Thank you so much for being with us today. We do appreciate your time.
1: Oh, this was an absolute pleasure. I really appreciate you having me.
0: of sleepless nights and silent screams, self-inflicted
1: suffering.